and we're back dancing in the streets of Superflex City. It's me, it's me, it's the SFD. I'm here with Dynasty Outhouse, and uh, my my co-host normally uh, when we're up in the commissioner's office. But right now, like I said, we're just we're just down dancing in the streets, Russ. So this is uh, this is a little bit different venue for our weekly, eh, semi-weekly, bi-weekly. It used to be weekly. Yeah, in in <laughs> our infrequent infrequent conversations about fantasy football. The good news is we're not going to talk a whole lot about fantasy football, if any. Maybe we'll get to it. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But, I mean, we're continuing this series and uh, just kind of getting to talk about something that we don't get to talk about nearly often enough. But I, I've made the point on basically every episode at this point. For a fantasy football analyst, getting to talk about music is like it. I mean, it's the answer. Like it's <laughs> it's kind of it's the be all end all for us because. You can have whatever opinions, whatever takes you want on music, and it's not wrong. <laughs> like that's the one time where we can't get hammered for you know for getting something wrong. You can't yeah, be there's very few things you can say in related to music that yeah. someone will just go, no, that's not right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there are it, a few things, but chances are you can give an opinion, and someone will be like, I, I respectfully disagree right that's that's how yeah. you talk about music right and with fantasy football there's a whole lot of dirty words but yeah no, there's there's no there's very little right and wrong when it comes to music most of it is opinion whether people lose respect for you or not after that that is that's on them right yeah exactly exactly yeah and i mean you can't really like people will still do it but you can't really like at freezing cold takes when <laughs> <laughs> can't do that shit with uh when we're talking music you, you like what you like so uh you know it, it's it's been a, a fun series so far we're gonna keep going with it, even though scott fishbowl started uh as of this recording it's been going for a uh, little over 24 hours um mm -hmm. about 27 hours now and uh so we're a, a few rounds in, but uh, the the music theme just kind of struck a chord. Uh, pun, mm -hmm. uh, just yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I got to give all the credit to Swags for the idea. Um, but you know, we've been having a lot of fun with the series and letting people talk about music. And again, you know, not taking your lumps on on takes that people don't agree with that's that that part's fun and just music just means something different has a different place in everybody's lives and in everybody's experiences and memories and it's just so fun to to get to you know take a little bit of a break from the fantasy football and talk about this stuff uh speaking of though of not being able to you know not being able to uh to have a bad take when it comes to music like we can honestly say that the band uh, that your division represents has never played a, a sour note. One hundred percent, literally never, ever, <laughs> never did missed anything a beat. Wrong. Yeah, nope. <laughs> never missed a beat. Just uh, you know, just just uh, Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters just kind of show up with their sailor suits and and. Just, just kill it. Just nail it. Oh yeah, 
<laughs> so, so my question though, uh, obviously, you know, from the, from the movie, that thing you do, mm-hmm. um, and that was kind of their, their alter ego for that, for the movie that they were in. Yep. Was this your first choice? Yes. I 100% stalked the idea of getting in a league with Tom Everett Scott. Cause I knew, I, I knew he was going to be in, in SFB and, I mean, chances are, if there is a Captain Geach and the, sh- it's not even the Wonders, it is Captain yeah. Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. I'm like, this has to be it. Like, he has to be in this because it is such the insane person like me who would remember <laughs> that name. Yeah. Like, I've seen that movie so many damn times. And like, I saw that and I'm like, oh, yes. And then, you know, I kept, like, I only made it to the M's when scrolling through the, the list of divisions because I saw Captain Geach and I picked that. And then I saw mouse rat and I'm just like, okay, I don't need to go any further. Like (laughs) it's not like Chris Pratt's going to magically end up in SFB or anything, but still just like, how do you pass up on mouse rat when, you know, it doesn't matter how good of real bands there are, you know, the Beatles, the stones, the who screw that. Give me mouse rat. (laughs) (laughs) What about, uh, what if sex bomb had been in there? Oh crap, man! <laughs> what I, would okay, you yes, I would. I would easily take them over Mouse Rat, but still, still, I Captain would Geech. still Captain Geach purely just based on wanting a new best friend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Sorry, yeah. Tim, you're not listening to this anyway. But still, who cares? <laughs> yeah. What if? Uh, what if the Wonders had been in there, and especially if it was spelled Oneaters? Then, <laughs> like, I wonder what happened to the Oneaters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what like how how do you rank those bands and and let's keep mouse rat in there let's keep sex bombs in there like yeah. all how do you rank those four like actual ranking well i mean let's face it captain geach would have to be on the bottom purely because they existed for about 30 seconds in the background of a movie but uh, okay so i will tell you now i just never got into dave matthews band or any of the jam band music like fish grateful dead and stuff like that and that's what mouse rat really is like he even says at one point like we just listen to a lot of dave matthews band and do a lot of dave matthews band covers uh so i would absolutely have to go sex bomb wonders mouse rat captain geach and it's it's really tough because i feel like the wonders should go first just because it's one of those things where would Sex Bomb exist if the Wonders didn't? It's right. like what music would exist if the Beatles didn't? Who the hell knows? You know, yeah. so but still just oh man, like listening to watching Scott Pilgrim is <laughs> an experience because of that music. It is just so well done and I just yeah. Yeah. I, I, I go with that and like I want to talk to Edgar Wright for a minute because I just want to completely side uh, sidelining for a second every single ounce of music in that movie was created for the movie it was all most of it was beck actually all of the sex bomb songs were is done by beck really? but for some reason when the clash at demon head played they used a real song like that's by the band metric it's like why after all that original music did you use like it was a very good <laughs> song the one for battle scene yeah, yeah like no it wasn't the battle scene. like it's when they they opened for the clash at demon head Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was his ex-girlfriend was the lead singer of the band and he had to fight uh Superman. Uh Brandon Rausch was the bass player. Yeah. Uh but for some reason they used an existing song and I like I just it 
clearly is like the least important thing in the world, but I just, I wanted to know like, <laughs> what, why? Like you had so much amazing original music and I really do like that song, but it's just like, it, why not give us more fun stuff? And by the way, if you've never seen Scott Pilgrim, you have to take a step back because in this movie, Michael Sarah Scott Pilgrim, used to date Captain Marvel and beat up Superman and Captain America. Oh, that's true. I hadn't even thought about that. Chris Evans was one of the ex-boyfriends and so yeah. was Brandon, Brandon Routh. So yeah. And Brie Larson was his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Superman was, uh, was a vegan in, uh, yeah. Scott Pilgrim. So yeah, <laughs> you yeah. once were a vegan, but now you will be <laughs> gone. Vegan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yeah. That's such a good one. Like, just like, I mean, the the music, the kind of the video game theme, you know, side of it, the kind of the comic book type of stuff. And then, I mean, just kind of his lifestyle, you know, <laughs> just like, he just like He's... has a mattress on the floor in the corner and he drinks lots of tea. And it's just like, for, for most of us, like that was it's very relatable on the inside. Yeah. 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 That was life right after college for every single yeah. one of us. Like, yeah. Yeah. If it, you I mean, haven't read the comics, I highly recommend it. It's actually pretty different. Like they, he, uh, Edgar Wright or whoever wrote the screenplay played a pretty good game of jigsaw puzzle with a couple of the fight scenes and a couple of like the battles and stuff like that. There, a lot of them are different and moved around. But the book is just, well, it's a couple of books. It's so, it's so good. And literally the point of writing it was, he's like, I wonder what would happen if Street Fighter was a romantic comedy. <laughs> and like, that's why you brought up, like, if yeah. it, like it was very video gamey. It, yes, because it was pretty much that he said, that's what his, that's what made him start writing this. He's like, I was playing Street Fighter one day and I was just like, I wonder if, that, I wonder if Ken has a girlfriend. Like, you know, what would that be like? And then he wrote this amazing series of graphic <laughs> novels. They're so good. I wonder which one he uh, he envisioned for the for the girlfriend. Like, I mean, like Chun Li seems like the the natural. You know, they've got very similar fighting styles, but Ramona actually seems has more of a like a, a cami type of. Yeah, she's absolutely more power based. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, not to be racist, but yeah, knives and Chun Li right. are a little bit more similar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> similar. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, were there were there any bands? Uh, all right. L- let's let's say for a second, just hypothetically. That we didn't have these, you know, kind of the Easter egg type of bands. We didn't have Captain Geach. We didn't have mm-hmm. Mouse Rat. Um, we had, you know, just like actual, you know, the real life bands, the uh, <laughs> real life artists. Uh, who would have been of the ones that actually uh, were actual Scott Fishbowl divisions? What would have been your top two picks? Oh, that's rough. Uh, I was very glad that there were fake bands because otherwise I would have left everything bank- blank and just let him place me somewhere. Uh, <laughs> probably Foo Fighters and maybe the Beatles. I don't know. I, yeah. uh, it's so tough. Like prob- like Foo Fighters and Nirvana just call me a Dave Grohl fan, I guess. That would have been a very big cop out and I probably would have done that. But I mean, like, the who the beatles like that's such good like 
has there been great music since the 60s? I don't really think so. I mean, <laughs> Queen not included, which is another one that I really should have put up there. Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, Prince is just so damn talented, but I don't think I would have put him top two. Plus, you feel like everyone probably tried to get into Prince thinking that uh, Scott would put himself in there because of the Minnesota connection. Right. <laughs> Even though I think he went with the Beastie Boys. Beastie but, Boys, yeah. Uh, no, like, Though I do have to say, the Beastie Boys always gave me hope that I might one day be cool just because they're, you know, three Jews from Brooklyn and, you know, uh, I mean, my dad's from Brooklyn, but, you know, so I'm se I'm ge first generation New Jersey instead of Brooklyn, but still close <laughs> enough, right? Still. Like, no, yeah. I could be cool. I mean, it didn't work out that way, but still, it gave me something to hope for. Yeah. Anyone can party. You just have to fight for your right. <laughs> that is true. I've been way too lazy to fight for that right. <laughs> well, especially now. I mean... That, I yeah, mean, now that I'm almost like 40, I'm not doing it. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I want to fight for my right to spend the day in bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, here you are with a, with a back injury. <laughs> yeah. talking about. Like, yeah. From dancing think... with my child. Yes, that <laughs> that is. I am fighting for the right not to party for a few days while my back heals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about uh, bands or artists who didn't? have division like are, are there any that you're that you're just like man like if that if that band had been in you know it it would have been a tough decision you know at least between them again and yeah Rats. taking out the fake people because again yeah. that to me the humor is more important than the music <laughs> just because that's you know just the way i i am but uh if we if we went back in time to when scott was taking uh Oh my God, words are kind of suggestions. Wow, need coffee. <laughs> uh, when Scott was taking suggestions, like I was a little shocked that Nine Inch Nails didn't make it. Like that is my adolescence. That was my, you know, they, their first album was in 89, I think. So yeah, like early, early 90s. I was way too young to be listening to Nine Inch Nails, but I was doing it anyway. Um, otherwise, like, I mean, other bands that wouldn't fill, I'll tell you that. Like, I, I'm a huge Stabbing Westward fan. Um, and I'm sure most people don't know who they are. They are 90s emo before there was emo. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I'm trying to think. And everything else that I listened to, like when I got into college, I got into very like German synth pop music, which uh, like A-Pop Tigma Berserk and VNV Nation and a lot of bands that people would just kind of shrug at the, you know, like tilt their head and give me the rock eyebrow. Like, what the hell are you talking about? I mean, like Rammstein, uh, you know, I, I, they're, yeah, I, they, they're at least mainstream enough that people would know who they are. And if you've ever been to one of their concerts, it's insanely fun. They just like literally everything on fire. <laughs> like that's is there, is there a guy on the stage? Yeah, he's gonna get lit on fire. Oh, that guy's drum set, it's gonna get lit on fire. It's fantastic. Huh. <laughs> Like, do they have, uh, like, are they creative with the ways that they do it, or is it literally? Oh, yeah, no, like it's not just like random things like, like it's cocktail or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, yeah, there's a little bit, there's definitely some showmanship to it. Like, at the, you know, they, you know, off their first album, they had a song that just like Rammstein, and just the first words are just Rammstein. So the music's playing, the music's playing. The lead singer walks out in this big trench coat, puts his arms out, and just goes, Rammstein. Dying and just and it's just like you just like the, you, you know like screaming your face off because it's just the cool especially for the first time and if you didn't know that's what their concerts were 
Mm-hmm. Like, it's just nuts because it's not subtle. It's freaking f- <laughs> it is fire it is people should probably got burnt even though they weren't supposed to levels of fire but they keep going and doing it so i guess they don't but it's so much those concerts are ridiculously fun and they're still touring for some reason they gotta be like 60 that sounds tiring <laughs> shit i'm old that's what this all comes down to i i don't know <laughs> we keep coming back to that it's not meant to be that theme but uh yeah i so it's funny like i've 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 heard romstein music I've never, <laughs> I've never seen them live. Never heard anything like this. Is the first I'm hearing about this. Yet somehow, intuitively, I knew that about. Them. <laughs> yeah, they're they're out there. The lead singer was an Olympic swimmer or something weird like that. So he's ridiculously jacked. Also, it's they're very fun. They're very entertaining. Yeah, what's is that the first uh, live show that you saw? Oh, the, ever. Uh, the very mm. first live show I ever saw was the Eagles, the Hell Freezes Over tour with my dad. I was 12. How we saw them that? in Giant Stadium. It was freaking amazing. Like, really? Yeah, it was so dark. Like, you know, it's they were the first people that did like a reunion tour. Like, and this is never going to happen again. And then mm. they did it four more times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like the the name of the tour was clever because they broke up and they said they'll get together again when hell freezes over. So they got back together and they named it the hell freezes over tour. And it was freaking great. Like, um, you know, there's Hotel California and then there's an acoustic version that they play everywhere. And that's from that concert series. You know, it was from that tour. Oh, and Cheryl Crow opened for them before she was anybody. Yeah. So I got to. Yeah. So I got to see Cheryl Crow like a few months before that santa monica boulevard song came out and then i'm like oh no i know that i know that i saw that um but yeah no that was that was my first concert i went with my dad the first concert i went to without a parent was bush uh what was their second album razor blade suitcase i think it's called Hmm. uh in oh man does it, it doesn't exist anymore back then i think it was like the christy whitman arena which then became brendan burn which then came continental airlines arena and now it's the izod center because new jersey's just broke so they just keep selling things <laughs> it's like the denver broncos football stadium yeah. by the way yeah um so like i'm a huge fan of uh, i mean I, I again like back to those days like you know immediately following college like i think that we all were also pretty big fans of the big Lebowski. I yeah. just like let it carry over into my, <laughs> my, my personality just kind of I absolutely see you walking around in a robe and <laughs> flip flops with sunglasses on. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of where super flex dude came from. I was like, I want to be the, the, dude. the dude in this, in this community, but like <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean the whole, I hate the fucking Eagles, man. Or yeah, you know, I, I, I always got a little sad because I always liked the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> but he's very persuasive. The dude, the dude abides. So mm-hmm. like, like, uh, and I, I just, I, I heard him say it so many times, and I felt it so many times that it finally just kind of, it became part of me too. And, and it's I'm funny because like, there, I, I know things. people who have never actually listened to the Eagles that dislike them because of that. Also, yeah. it's just like, again, like you said, you hear it so many times, and especially if you've never listened, you're like, I'm not going to listen. You know, the dude doesn't like him. Why the hell am I going to? Right. You know, at this point, you're probably not going to like the Eagles anymore. It's just, you know, it's, it's old people music at this point, but <laughs> you know, I, I guess I, 
liked it before Lebowski said it wasn't cool. So I guess that makes me some sort of hipster of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine though. I mean, you know, there's like, is it, what is it about them though? I mean, is it, is it the music? Is it the, like the experience, like being there with your dad? Is it kind of like a, that shared experience with him? Uh, for me, it was the music. For my dad, it was the shared experience with me. I mean, don't get me wrong; it was it was just awesome to, you know, back then. Giant. It was my first concert was a stadium concert, which was just freaking crazy. And you know, it was cool to go with my dad and all of that stuff. But it's not like something. Well, let's just say my dad and I didn't have the greatest relationship. But so, like, and it wasn't like a bonding experience in any way, shape, or form. But you know, we both liked each other enough, and he knew I liked the Eagles, and he thought it would be cute, and it was cute. It was fun. Nice. Okay. That's fair. Uh first uh first either CD or cassette that you that you purchased. The first CD I bought. I know I bought a lot of cassettes before this, but the first CD I bought was Blood Sugar Sex Magic from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Nice. Who uh they would be one of my choices for a division, but there's like a chunk in the middle that I just can't get behind. Mm-hmm. Like Stadium Arcadium and stuff like that. Like they got boring like they got they got kind of lazy is what it comes down to and their past like two or three albums they like went like they never missed a beat from you know uh like one hot minute yeah well i guess technically blood sugar sex magic before the or whatever was the one before that yeah that was before one hot minute because that was with navarro and not uh john frusciante but besides the point uh like like to me the whole point of the chili peppers is that bit of funk like george clinton said that the red hot chili pecker peppers have the funk and, and if george clinton says that about you it's real it means something and you don't stop doing it yeah <laughs> like you and then you know like uh californication came out it was just like it was they straight so up mainstream it's it's yeah like that it seemed like a money grab and then the really weird thing with danny california being last dance with mary jane and even tom petty's like they probably just heard the song and just like remembered the beat and the tune and made it three years later. I'm not suing them. That's ridiculous. But still, like it was just <laughs> it's hacky. Yeah it, yeah, it was weird. Like I just those albums weren't great. And then they did start to get back to what they, and it's funny. Like, I feel like I need to defend the idea. It's like I was the first album from Corn was like, I don't even know, like my like life-changing like this was something i've never heard before in a way i've never heard it before and then it was just so damn good and then the second album came out and people were like and then the third album came out and then it's just like no this is more like the first album we swear it wasn't the fourth album came out no this is more like the first album we swear i'm like just admit you're growing that's what you're supposed to do it's not all supposed to sound exactly the same because i mean I kind of stopped after the fourth album because they went a little too far for me. But, but like it was like Chili Peppers, that wasn't growing to me. That seemed like they just they had to like fill out a label, a, a record deal. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the execs like make it poppy, make it so, you know, the kids will buy it. And they're just like, eh, mm, eh. <laughs> were you were you able to listen to that entire album the whole way through, like without yeah. skipping any? Uh, do I remember all of it right now? No, but back then, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah. Like that's—it's just so rare to find that. Like, 
So, I mean, to do it on your first try is even more impressive. Oh, yeah, that was blind luck. Uh, what else? Did I, a couple of other things around that era. Green Day, Dookie. Yes. I even had a, a poster of that album cover on my wall. Yeah. Um, trying to think of, and that was another straight, you could listen straight through. Yeah. That Yeah, there's only a handful of them. Speaking but, of, that's another band where I just completely lost care. Like, to me, I, I think American Idiot's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, the whole rock opera thing. It's like you guys are kind of trying a little too hard. Well, no, like it's they wanted like Billy Joe Armstrong said he wanted to prove it that he could do it. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then that's sort of what they turned into after that. That kind of and that's like like go back. Like if you're a Green Day person and you've never listened to Kerplunk, which was their first album. Mm-hmm. go go listen to it. it is such good punk music like it is yeah it is so good and if you like like almost mo- like 10 years ago green day go find the foxborough hot tubs which is literally just them yeah <laughs> but it's better <laughs> it, it, yeah. it's it, like i think it may even be the same three dudes i don't know if it's two of them or three of them but or just billy but just to me that is a better version of what green day turned into yeah all of those pop punk bands, man, like they just didn't know where to go. Like, I mean, I, I, and I get it. Like it gets tough to keep singing about, you know, high school relationships, like in your forties. It's so weird. I can't remember who I saw. It may have been the Foo Fighters, but social distortion opened for them. And it really is weird to see balding dudes talking about damn the man. It, it, (laughs) it really kind of is. So I get it that you're, you know, you, you started playing music and ma- writing these songs when you're like 16, 18, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're 37. And yeah, you kind of have to change what you're writing about. So yeah. like, it's clearly something I can't really understand because I haven't gone through all of that. But there are plenty of people that have found a way to keep it going in a way that isn't just, you know, <laughs> doesn't just make you bland. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Because like you can't, you can't, when you're, you know, 37, you can't sing about 37 year old problem. Like no one wants to hear a song about you like your back out dancing with your daughter. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, don't get me wrong. It's a funny story, but you know, that, that, that's not going to make you millions. <laughs> right. right. If it does, I get credit for that and you owe me money. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah um but yeah like like blink 182 you know cheshire cat was like pure punk rock and then i mean the the you know dude oh, ranch speaking was of going good. mainstream they yeah they they bit that hard i was never the biggest fan of them but yeah they it got really bad and now it's yeah. kind of dance music essentially it's not even doesn't even sound like punk rock anymore all right well it's a complete jump of band type, but My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Uh, their first two albums to me are very good. The first one is kind of punkish. The second one turned a little bit more emo. But I was listening to a song and I swore it was the Black Eyed Peas. And I'm like, why is the Black Eyed Peas coming on like my Fallout Boy station? And then I look and it was freaking My Chemical Romance. And I'm like, yo, dude. I guess I see why you guys broke up now. Like what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. They're have they're doing a reunion tour that was supposed to happen last year and I have my tickets for September. So, you know, so I, I you know, I, I'm not giving up, but it was yeah, like bands take such weird turns that I guess after a while just sometimes you you run out of what you know, you don't know what to do anymore and it gets weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I like I said, I, I I get it, but man, it just 
It's almost like, just like, eh, go do something else then. I don't know. Like, but I mean, like, there's also people like, you know, like Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. He's been doing it for damn near 30 years now. And to yeah. me, every album sounds different, but it's still basically the same music. You know, yeah. it's still that straight rock music, you know you know for a while it was four dudes then they added a second guitar then they added a third guitar then like a uh, wasting light i think it was that they actually recorded it analog <laughs> yeah. so it sound it had that little bit of a grittier sound that you would get off a cassette as opposed to you know mp3s and uh, cds and stuff like that there's things you can do there's ways you could change things where you're keeping your style of music pretty similar but still give yourself a bit of a different sound now if for, like that if that kind of changes something you wanted to go to more power to you thanks for trying like that one really weird chris cornell album towards the end uh, i mean sorry to you know I, I would never speak ill of the dead but i guess i'm gonna a little bit i don't know what the hell he was thinking with that one because <laughs> like that dude has such a voice that like you, whenever you hear people you know trying to cover an audio slave or sound garden or i randomly recently heard a temple of the dog cover that was i can't remember who it was but it's like by two country music guys and i'm like oh my god why are they doing this and i'm like wait this actually isn't terrible mostly because you don't try and do chris cornell's voice because if you're no listening to can. this yeah. and if you're a cover band trying to cover one of those don't you can't do chris cornell's voice it just you yeah you know that They're man just, had pipes do you leave that alone <laughs> yeah there aren't very many it's a you know him freddie mercury it's like you're, yes. you're not going to replicate those if you feel the need to voices. cover their songs you absolutely make it your own you can't do what they do yeah. like oh man panic at the disco did uh bohemian rhapsody for the suicide squad movie yeah. and the the album version is actually pretty boring but the live version i don't know if you're you know into panic at all mm -hmm. brandon yuri the lead singer his voice is insane like he's that good of a singer like so yeah he like i'm like i'm listening to the, the live version live version and then i'm like of course the asshole goes higher than freddie mercury did you know because <laughs> you can why not and then oh man like frozen 2 soundtrack they did into the unknown over the credits and yeah. like even adina menzel was like so here's the thing about that i can guarantee you brandon yuri you know chugged a beer smoked a cigarette walked into the recording studio belted it out in one chance and walked out I have to drink tea for three days straight, do vocal <laughs> exercises, and I'm lucky if I can get close to what the hell he just did. Yeah, I know. Yeah, gosh, it's, it's kind of not fair. <laughs> and I can't keep a tune for the freaking life of me. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any bands or artists that uh, you have not seen live that uh, that are still on your list? Do they have to be alive? Because my real answer has always been Queen from from when I was a teenager. Um, That's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. I um they do like as of a year or two ago they were touring with Adam Lambert as their lead singer, and supposedly he's good, but it's not the same, and it would just no. be sad to me. Uh, I will never forgive my mother because when I was probably like fourteen, Nine Inch Nails and David Bowie toured together because they did a joint album. And for some god unknown reason, that's why on one concert my mom said, "No, you're too young to go to." Uh. And now, I mean, it, it happens plenty years later. But you know, David Bowie didn't really tour again after that, and now he's gone, and I'll never be able to see him live. So that that kind of makes me pretty sad. Yeah. But other like people that are live right now, like I have, 
tickets to go see a lot of because i just <laughs> i'm always about a good decade or two behind on music like i literally just got into early 2000s emo music like three four years ago you know right. so i'm going to the hella mega tour which is uh weezer green day and fallout boy i'm gonna go see my chemical romance like now i just i want to go see panic at the disco and i'll feel pretty set yeah motion city soundtrack have you seen them they're no i but i do know yeah like and like all of those people like right now um completely you know put out me put myself on the spot and i can't think of anyone um (laughs) pierce the veil falling in reverse like all of those like emo screamo kind of guy bands i would love to go see at this point because i went through like a good chunk of my life where i was just i guess not into music enough to go to concerts and now like i like two years ago i finally like like no i want to start doing that again and then the pandemic happens and i'm like oh well that that sucked yeah (laughs) (laughs) thankfully thankfully i got to see elton john a little bit before that you know all went down oh nice yeah that was freaking amazing yeah he would be a great one too i mean i wish i could see elton john 30 years ago but still it's still elton john he's i mean he can't hit the high notes anymore but he's still a showman he's still freaking fantastic it was such a good concert yeah some of the best songs ever written by him and uh his uh his writing partner too yeah um all right so this is one that i tried out on cooter doodle uh i still haven't totally refined this question but i think (laughs) that you'll be able to (laughs) to get the gist of this so all right so aliens come down from outer space right okay they've never heard any any music whatsoever and you get to introduce them to the concept of music but you get one song to make a good first impression what's that song fuck the police (laughs) um no that is a very wonderfully phrased question it's just one of the hardest things i've ever heard in my entire life yeah um uh, see it's tough because you you like you have to go something classic you have to go something positive something almost simplistic like i want to give the complete cop-out answer of like imagine by john lennon i don't even necessarily like that song but i feel like that like cheery tone with the hopeful message is something like you should be showing these aliens even though it doesn't really depict what the human race is anymore but like like i really think i'd have to go something from that from that era at least yeah i Oh man, like can I get like three weeks to do research and get back to you on this one? That's that's <laughs> rough. Oh man. I do yeah, I do want a follow-up answer at some point. Um, but or, or like try and like like give them like master of puppets and like scare them off a little bit. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like yeah. just yeah. Uh, you know, throw them some like nine inch nails and show them how sad we all sad and angry we are all the time. I don't know. Like that's <laughs> Ugh, that's that's a like i would just like find another person and run away like no this is your job <laughs> <laughs> someone else deal with this yeah. okay fair enough well uh before we uh before we get out of here let's do just a quick minute of fantasy football here uh how many rounds are you into scott fishbowl how's it looking so far and how are you feeling about it i am weirdly loving my team which is bad because it's nothing like anything i've ever drafted before which means i might not like how i run my teams but it's redraft so it's completely different um hold on let me pull up the draft to see exactly where we are because we're 
I know I made my sixth round pick. Yeah, we're You've made six picks. Yeah, we're up to the six ten right now. I've but I still got a whole lot. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, Ugh. I still have another twelve before it's my pick. So things are going to change, I'm sure. Uh, so so my order of picks was Mahomes, Jonathan Taylor, which I picked over George Kittle, which I think I'm going to live to regret. Uh, so Mahomes, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, Carson Wentz, Amari Cooper. So Damn. going a quarterback, three running backs, a quarterback, and then a wide receiver is literally the opposite of everything I've ever done in my entire life. Like I always build heavy wide receiver teams. Yeah, and, that's just kind of that's been the way you got to follow the rules, man. Like the totally. way this league, the scoring is set up wide receivers don't have much of a ceiling. They are what they are. And you could find solid low end wide receiver ones, the wide receiver twos like Amari Cooper in the six. So why am I going to buy on Tyreek Hill where maybe he has a three point per game advantage as opposed to stacking those running backs who man running backs available in the six. Let's see, you know, who just like what kind of running back is going around now. Load faster, load faster. Melvin Gordon. Yeah. You, you know, it, Miles Gaskin, which I mean, maybe he, for again, this is redraft. So just for this year, maybe he'll be pretty good. But still, it just, it feels, it felt so much safer at the time to just let me layer up on these running backs and then hammer wide receiver and tight end later and figure it out as I go. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, it feels like every division is, really kind of drafting that same way really at least with the wide receivers like, well it's funny because i say that but our i think we have the earliest wide receiver i've seen tyreek hill went off the board at 110 oh wow and i haven't i haven't actually asked around or looked at the i know josh adhd has that roto grinders tool and i've been far too lazy to actually look at it but everyone is saying like oh yeah first wide receiver went off at like 210 at 305 and we're like um mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. uh but <laughs> it's yeah it, let other people take the wide receiver so you can get the better other players and then just start loading up at around six seven eight yeah i'm really pissed off that i missed my last two picks i missed a tight end i wanted hawkinson in the fourth and goddard in the fifth and they both got taken like two picks before me Oh. oh, wait, no, I need to complain to the Like, I need to say this out loud. I'm going to complain about this to the end of the world. <laughs> nice. Um, I let me get up to the pick. OK, so I took Aaron Jones in the third and uh-huh. there are four. One, two, three. Yeah, there are four picks. In between that pick and my next one, listen to these players. Austin Eckler, TJ Hawkinson, AJ Brown, Calvin Ridley. Those are literally four of my guys. Those like. <laughs> I set a five-person uh, pre-draft. That was the top four. Like, like <laughs> Hawkinson, AJ Ridley, AJ Brown. Um, who the hell was the other? Like Eckler, and then DeAndre Swift. And yeah. I ended up with DeAndre Swift. Like what? Like, <laughs> like sometimes don't you feel? Oh, so first of all, I it does seem like people kind of see you coming sometimes <laughs> like especially you know for podcasters especially they're like oh i know what he's gonna do here so and I'm i mean not I, it, it seems like no one in this chat actually knows who i am but yes for every single league i'm in like all the trade addicts leagues or all the leagues that i'm in with people i know 
it is impossible for me to get Calvin Ridley. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like, everyone knows that's my guy. So they're going to draft him before me because then they're going to try and gouge me with a pre, uh, trade price, which will usually eventually work. Yeah. And yeah, lately, uh, Rocky and I have been talking of Hawkinson so much that it's it's reached the same level that it's just almost impossible to acquire him at this point. But yeah, just like the fact that they went in a row right before my pick is just like... Oh, someone's <laughs> absolutely spying on me somehow. Someone knew what I wanted, and they yeah. spread the word to those four people in between my. Well, I guess it's like two or three people because uh, it's a corner. But uh, that was that was tilting. I uh, bet. Like, I'm trying to decide if I want to say this because I, I I don't want to jinx you. I, I don't want. Oh, jinx away, work. man! I don't care. I'm just saying you might want to reach for T Higgins. Mm. I might have. Yeah, I'm probably going <laughs> to take him with my next pick and just completely screw myself at uh, at tight ends. I might as well just take two dudes in the 10th and 11th or something like that. I'll go grab a kicker or something. <laughs> grab a kicker. And... Yeah, I like it. Oh, there's still so many good wide receivers left. I know. There's a million of them. There's, there's like, even, you know, they always say zig when everyone zags. Like, what they're kind of talking about is, you know, when a run starts at one position you know, go to the other position and let them fight over that. You don't even have to do that at wide receiver. It's like, no, there's, there's so, so many, many of them that you just, you just, just do you, you know? You yeah. Just... We are halfway through the, what did I just say? The sixth round. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Let me hit the ADP button to get them in order. DJ Moore, Robert Woods, Adam Thielen, Deontay Johnson, Tyler Lockett, Cooper cup, Kenny Galladay, T Higgins, Juju, Chase Claypool, Cortland Sutton, DJ Chark, Jerry, Judy, Debo, like all these guys are still on the board. Like why take a, why take a wide receiver early when the format kind of caps wide receivers a little bit. Like yeah. you take Tyreek Hill, you take Devonte Adams because they are, they are ones man. Like they, you know, they are going to get big plays. They're going to get the touchdowns. But after that, like, I mean, AJ Brown, I believe he's that dude. Calvin Ridley. I believe he's that dude. So that's why I was in on them. But after once those two guys went, like I didn't even really think about taking Allen Robinson, even though he's also one of my guys, just because he's going to fall into that wide receiver like 8 to 10 to 12 area. And in that case, I might as well wait four rounds later and get Amari Cooper, who I could think be 12 to 14 if Dak stays healthy the whole season, mm-hmm. you know, like he can be pretty close to that, but I can get ridiculous price discount and still walk away with those running backs. So and my second quarterback. So yeah, like it's weird. Cause I am usually load up on early wide receivers, but I don't know if it's because it's redraft. I don't, it's probably mostly just because of the settings of this specific league, but yeah, going three running back quarterback, three running backs was very weird for me. Yeah. I know I started with two running backs. <laughs> yeah, just, what what you said you made three picks. What are your picks? <laughs> yeah, I went uh Barkley. I mean, my plan all along was running back quarterback. I was really hoping Saquon was gonna fall to me at 110. So I got him, and then at uh 203, Jonathan Taylor was still there. Like those were my top two guys. Like if I was for regardless of my draft position, I was gonna take one of those two guys. And then start working on quarterbacks after. Yeah, but the fact that they were both there, I was like, man. It's and funny. I it, I started a, oh, the DLF uh, Podcasters League we have. That's how I started. Saquon yeah. and JT. I got Jonathan Taylor at the 210. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
I don't know if he would have made it that far for us, but there's a part of me that, well, I mean, he would have to make it to 303, but like, there's a part of me that wishes I had tried it. I I also missed on Aaron Rodgers, like two picks later. Like, and it's, it's a guy in our division who, all right. So he took like three hours to make his first pick and he goes into the chat group and tells the next person you're on the clock, bub. You know, like he said that, and then like he he takes Aaron Rodgers two picks after I take Jonathan Taylor. It's like, man, you were a detestable human being, sir. <laughs> <laughs> just like <laughs> everything about that. <laughs> just, <laughs> um, yeah, sucks that that's a real person, and it sucks that that's how we're gonna wrap up this episode. But uh, for for such a such an immensely positive. Uh, immensely friendly person uh, that you are, my friend. I think that uh, wrapping it up with me insulting a total stranger is it's a, it's a nice little. You know, it's a compromise. <laughs> it, it's a nice, you know, yin yang kind of feeling. Yeah, it's it's kind of that same shift that uh, that we get when we're talking about music instead of fantasy football. We just do just did a t- a total one eighty. That'll oh, never yeah. happen on any of your podcasts. So we just made it happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate your time. I mean, again, we would have been talking either way, but uh, we'll man, we could have been talking too. for so much longer. I didn't realize like, it's funny. Like music, I used to be very into music and then it sort of like washes and wanes or at this point, but then like, I was like dropping details of stuff. I didn't realize I remember it, but I'm sitting here talking. I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. I know this stuff. I don't sound like an idiot. I was worried <laughs> when you told me we're coming. That he's like, Hey, you want to do, instead of doing the commission stuff, you want to do music stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. Just cause yeah. I say yes to everything. And I'm like, Oh man, what am I getting myself into? I don't really know much about music anymore. Apparently I still do. That makes me happy. <laughs> it's funny. Like I've, I've asked several people now to come do this with me. Um, Ryan McDowell, I reached out to him uh, because he's in, uh, is this, uh, Justin Timberlake division, Justin Timberlake. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, Kentucky boy in, in JT division. I, I like, I, I, I've got to know how that happened. And he's just like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I'm, you know, I'm not super passionate about music. I don't know how good that one's going to be. And I'm just like, man, everyone everyone has a story to tell when it comes to music i promise you we can drag it out uh yeah sal stefanelli same thing he says he says you know i don't listen to a lot of music oh but it doesn't matter that dude can tell a story anyway yeah yeah exactly yeah i'm looking forward to that that one's gonna be fun this one was a lot of fun though i mean we we started with a band Speaking of never listening to music, we talked about a band who doesn't play music. Fictional they look play. like they do. They pretend that they do. Never played a note. Never played a sour note, but never played a note. So, and here we are, forty, you know, forty six, forty seven minutes later. So, it's doable, <laughs> man. It's there. So, yeah. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being a slave to the groove. <laughs> and for dancing in the streets of Superflex City. And we'll be back with some more, several more episodes. We're 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 not gonna stop just because Scott Fishbowl started. We're gonna keep going because, like I said, everyone's got a story to tell. So let's hear it. <laughs>